Welcome to the Dead Men of Whiskey, a podcast about the remarkable lives and sometimes unusual deaths of the names we all know in whiskey. Now settle in, pour yourself a drink, and sip along with Amy and Christian as they tell you a story about one of those names on a bottle. Hi, whiskey friends. Welcome to a hopefully better than last time episode, live episode of the Dead Men of Whiskey. I'm Amy. I'm Christian, and yeah, thanks for coming back to us. <laughs> really big, big apologies about last week, but uh, it should be better this time. We actually have uh, Nolan coming back, who we were supposed to have on last time, so I'm really excited about that. But uh, Amy, uh, tell us about what else is going on this evening. What do we well, got? Well, we've got Nolan. We're making up for that disaster, and it wasn't last week. It was two weeks Sorry, ago, dude. but it seems like last week. And we have um, a very special guest. And I'm just going to go ahead and bring her on because she's going to be the one that can share all of the information about what we're going to be drinking tonight. And that is Beth Burroughs from Beam Suntory. Beth, welcome to the Dead Men of Whiskey. Welcome. Thanks for coming. It's good to have you. Yeah, yes. Oh, I'm stepping all over Amy. Go ahead, talk. Um, I'm just really excited, probably not as excited as you, because I happen to see (laughs) your bottle, but we have these (laughs) bottles, and this is a whiskey that I haven't had yet. (laughs) So we got ours on the same day, Christian, (laughs) the same day. Um, And I have not had this before. I mispronounced it when I was talking about it earlier today. (laughs) I have mispronounced so, it, I think, 80 different ways before I knew what it was. But so, and yeah. oh, I just you, hit you myself in the face with the bottle. <laughs> Off to a great start. Somebody in the chat, Wit, already said Christian does more research, it seems. Yeah. <laughs> That's one way to put it. Yeah, I do. It's okay. continual. So, um, the name of this whiskey is Legion. Did yeah, I do it? Right. I did it right. Did it. Legend. 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 Nobody says Legend Dairy. They say Legend. (laughs) Anyway, I'm just just saying. Uh, Tell us all about it. What are we drinking? So, Legend is the only true collaboration I think that's ever existed between a company who has, you know, Japanese ownership like we do with Suntory. So, this is a true partnership with Suntory. And the fifth ever chief blender, his name is Fukuya-san or Shinji Fukuyo. Um, and he, like I said, fifth generation or fifth ever. So they've only ever had five. And then you've got Fred No, right, who is our seventh generation master distiller, who's been doing this for quite some time himself. And of course, you know, has 226 years of lineage and in whiskey making. So the two of them got together and they decided that they wanted to do a, a real collaboration using Fukuya-san's ability to blend, which we all know Japanese whiskey is very, very predominant in blending. It's, it's the, like the most important thing that you can possibly do. Um, and then Fred's know-how and and the recipe that we have at the James B. Beam Distilling Company for Jim Beam. So the product itself is actually three in one. So it's a, it's a mingling together of three different streams. That first stream is going to be Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. So same Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey you know and love out of the James Beam Distilling Company. Um, it's going to be that Jim Beam yeast strain. The second one is still Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. It's just going to be finished in sherry casks. And then that third mm-hmm. stream is going to be Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey finished in red wine casks. So the three of those come together. They sit in a specific mingling vat, right? It's a stainless steel vat that it sits in for 30 days. And it just kind of all comes together and all the magic happens in there. And that's what you're sipping in that glass. So um, Fukuya-san is known for the blending piece of it. So he has his hands on every single bit of the liquid stream when it comes to that. He's picking the barrels that it's going to be secondarily aged in. Um, and he is, you know, the final say along with Fred in signing off on on that liquid. So it's super special. It's also super wow. good. It it's is so really, delicious, really, really right? Yeah. I, I have been enjoying it. 
It's oh, very, wow. very delicious. I couldn't tell. I had no idea. No, I <laughs> you touched on 226 mm. years of beam. I'm not sure which word you used. Lineage? Lineage, yeah. lineage beam family whiskey yeah. making, yeah. So one of the things this... I forgot to turn the ice machine off before we got into this podcast. So I'm sorry if you just heard that. Um, the we talked about the the Beam family in season one in our mm -hmm. Jim Beam episode. But can you tell people that might not be familiar about how those 226 years and how it's been in all it's been all in the family kind of situation? Sure. So let's see how fast I can condense this down. One, I'm a Yankee, so I talk fast too. You know, I get real excited about whiskey, so it could be real great. Uh, <laughs> but essentially, it started with Jacob Beam. So he laid down his first barrel of whiskey in 1795. Uh, he was a farmer from Maryland who happened to come down because his uncle was, he, he did well in the war. I don't quite know exactly, you know, what his bestowment was, but it was that he was going to get land. But the rule was that you had to farm the land. And what is present day Kentucky. So he kind of started to reach out to family members and said, Hey, I, I need help farming this land. And Jacob decided I'm going to do this. So he puts a still on his back, goes from Maryland all the way down to present day Kentucky. And he, he starts this farming situation that turns into a distilling situation, right? So he's a farmer first, distiller second, and time comes along. He's going to pass that family business down. He passed it to his son, David. Um, David kind of gets us moving, switches us over from a farming family that distills to a distilling family that farms. And when he passes along to his son, David M, David M puts us on the railroad, ships grains in, ships bourbon out. He's known for Old Tub. He ran the Old Tub distillery and really laid the groundwork for his son, which is the name on the bottle, right? Jim Beam, who was our fourth generation master distiller. And we all know that he he put in the work, right? He got us through well, he got us through prohibition. <laughs> he got us through the Great Depression. <laughs> and he got us Are they coming to get you? Is what <laughs> That wasn't here. I don't know what that was. <laughs> oh, well, that was, I thought that was bad. I thought that's where you were. I'm sorry. No, no, oh. you're fine. Okay. That wasn't me. Um, but yeah, so yeah, that that was Jim Beam, our fourth generation master distiller. Gets us through mm -hmm. Prohibition, gets us through World War One, Great Depression, uh, Spanish flu, right? Which is not something we ever talked about before last year, I don't think, is like mm -hmm. a major thing to get through, like a pandemic. Um, and yeah. You know, as, as time goes on, he got the distillery up and running in 120 days after prohibition was repealed in the state of Kentucky. Because as we all know, prohibition was repealed on a federal level first, like on a national level. And then we had to look state to state and even county to county, where there's still a lot of counties in Kentucky that are dry, which is insane to me. Then um, he passes it along to his son, T. Jeremiah. T. Jeremiah is a global ambassador, gets us into over 100 countries, known for the decanter series. So if you have a decanter at home... That's a, a T. Jeremiah thing. <laughs> and thank God for that, because people did not care about American whiskey at that point in time. So he was like, here's something shiny to put on your mantle. Oh, and by the way, it comes with whiskey in it. And so that worked out well for him. But he didn't have any kids. So when it came time for him mm -hmm. to pass it along, he passes it to his sister's son, which is where you see that switch over <clears throat> from beam to no. It's still the same family lineage. It was just a marriage of a sister. So, um, you know, Mary married. Frederick Booker No the first, who was a banker, and they had Booker, and Booker No becomes the the next master distiller. So he was our sixth generation master distiller, and known for the small batch series. Some of the stuff that we're going to be talking about today, maybe a little bit later. But um, and when Booker decided to pass the torch, he passes it to Fred, who is our current master distiller now, seventh generation. And we've got Freddie, who's our eighth generation Beam family distiller, who will be the next in line eventually. But he's in his early thirties, wow. so. That's amazing. When when does season eight come out? <laughs> well, I mean, just tune in for the little books, right? Yeah, no, Freddie no. drops his little books. That's kind of like his his step in, which is really cool to watch. You know, as we see these mm -hmm. these family lineages move on, as you see some of these younger generations pop in, um, how they do it is just unique and different. And the fact that Freddie's been able to do little book and he'll be releasing his fifth little book this year which is nuts to think about mm -hmm. but i'm gonna jump back because i think that we might have some people that are watching that don't know what little book is oh yeah Josh, please. yeah Give it. so yeah little book is is freddie's real step into the american whiskey category and it was it was a project that was bestowed upon him uh, as he was going through the ranks so he had to go through every part of the distillery he was working on major projects and and they tasked him with coming up with something and so he started playing with liquid 
that he really was excited about. And so the first little book was born and he's known as little book. He was like a carbon copy. He, if we knew, unfortunately, I didn't know Booker. He passed away in 2004. I was a little too young to be imbibing on whiskey at that point. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wish I would have known him. I feel like I do at this mm. point after all the things I've read and all the stories I've heard. But he really was, granddaddy was a, a big part of Freddie's life. He was kind of attached to his hip. So through the distillery and spending time with him constantly. And you know, he was he was definitely a granddaddy's kid. And so they called him Little Booker. And kind of changed to little book through the years and and Booker's wife definitely, especially when she got annoyed with Freddie, would call him little book like you're just like your granddaddy, right? And so, you know, he kind of went with that and in, in the name. And so each one of them is going to be different. It's going to be uh, a blend of, of different liquid streams. And so the first one was a class A whiskey blend, which is not something that we've really seen in American whiskey. And people were really scared by it. And, and then they got their hands on it and tasted it. And you know, each year has just gotten increasingly better. And, and last year's was probably my favorite. It goes toe to toe with the Knob Creek 12 year that we released is like my two favorite streams that came out. Um, I say last year, it could have been 2019. Time means nothing anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, so, course, yeah. <laughs> it's Blur's day today. No, don't worry about it. Yeah. We're on airport time. Do mm, I have a bourbon yeah. in my hand? Doesn't matter what time of day it is. It doesn't today. matter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so, so that's when Freddie's kind of step into the whiskey world. And it's been really exciting to watch him him grow and blossom and you know, go on the road and, and talk about these things that he's very, very passionate about and, you know, getting to see what's upcoming next and, and how he's really going to push the envelope of American whiskey. Nice. We're all looking forward to it, too. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. That's a great story. I'm going to jump in. September. Oh, oh, that's really soon. Yeah. If, ta- if time meant anything, that would be really Yeah, exactly. Meant something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay, in um, we saw or I saw you in October last, I believe, and we yeah. were talking about T. Jeremiah and the decanters. And at that time, I was like really, really excited because I found a gilly wagon, which is the name of my business, yeah. decanter. And I was like, who, why would they have made this? And it was clearly for me. And so now I have um, lots of. Gilly wagon decanters. I keep just buying. They're them. all over and her I, house. It's, yes, it's that's like the same one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Any of but, them full? Or are they all? No, but from what I understand, if you find them full, it's kind of drink at your own risk because that china had lead in it. And oh yeah, definitely. So probably don't. You have to check which it's one. Just, you need to check which one. Yeah. You should um, not be that thirsty. <laughs> you drink out. Of, oh, like, and that's coming from you. This is lined in lead, but you know, <laughs> I would not drink anything that's in a lead-lined container. I'm gonna argue that fact with a bell. Really? Oh, really? Oh, fine. Mm. <laughs> Secondly, How good does it have to be to like you be like to risk you know like going mad? You know, I don't know. I I, I feel like. I could Not be like, this is really right good. Now, so. And you'd be like, I'll try a little, mm-hmm. just a little. Just <laughs> like a thimble. Like a thimble. Yeah. thimble. Like I'll a lead thimble. Just give me a little right? lead thimble. I'll just drink it out of that. Yeah. But since October, I have like upped my decanter game. That's oh, awesome. I've got pandas. I've got, I may have had the bowling pin before. I have like people that I don't know who they are. I've got a coffee grinder that's. The decanter. Yeah, um, oh, of course. There's literally the there's everything. no bound to what they did. They were like, yeah. "Oh, you love chainsaws? Amazing!" There's a decanter that's a chainsaw. <laughs> yeah, so it's now like this weird obsession that I never knew I would have in life. <clears throat> that just reminds so me, actually. No, that reminds me. Now I'm gonna have to. There's a store in Sheepshead Bay in Brooklyn. It's a uh, that. It's like a liquor store, but like they must specialize or just know that well, maybe they got popular for doing it and now people only go there for this thing. But it's all like decanters filled with, you know, whiskeys or whatever, but in different glass shapes and stuff. So there's like, you know, AR-15s like full of whiskey or whatever. There's like seriously like any sort of snake. I mean, like sculptural though. Some of these things yeah. are like really intricate. And um, I bought my uh, friend a walking cane. That was a flask, essentially. And That's amazing. So that you, like, like you t- twist off this like golden, twist, you know, crystal knob at the top, and you just kind of drink out of it. And uh, but yeah, I got it from that spot. 
But that's, if you uh, ever but see yeah. me with a walking cane, it's that. Like that's the only. It's way yeah, right. It's I mean, like... seriously, if I ever need a walking cane, it will have whiskey in it. Like seriously, it's that is hundred percent a flask cane. That's gonna that happen. That's it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, the pop- <laughs> half of the population is like, that's, I need this part- cane. <laughs> but it's part of the problem of being able-bodied is that you don't really have any props to hide stuff in. So, you know. Wow. Yeah, they've got like the wine purse. <laughs> There's a wine purse no. that you can like put a bag of wine in or whatever. I mean, a wine purse, yeah, I guess. It, but those are obvious. Those, that's like it's Bush so League. obvious. Have yeah. you seen the, the bracelet, though? It's yeah, super bracelet. obvious, but... Yeah. What is it like a jelly bracelet or something looking bracelet? It's, no, cool. it's this Metal. thick. Yeah. Oh, well, then, yeah. <laughs> it's like clearly a bladder. Like, do you remember when Chucky I've seen the bra? I mean, here it is. Like, I had a, a, a buddy of mine bought the uh, the bra uh, that has the, the uh, basically the pouches in the, in the breast, mm-hmm. but he bought it for a Halloween costume um, that he was dressing up. But we went to bars and everything, and essentially he did wind up having his own liquor to like you know drink the entire time but that worked wow it did work yeah but then you but have yeah, to carry if i need one all the way there's gonna be whiskey yeah because <laughs> i see a problem getting the alcohol out of the bra like a cane mm-hmm. you can just be it's like, like no there's straw, like a right? straw there's a straw yeah. it's like a, th- a straw you feed up and usually oh. like, just suck on it and tuck it back in you guys are yeah. clearly experts yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm just um, saying, you know, this is why I'm, you had me on the podcast. I'm, right? I'm, yes, actually, I'm no, I'm no, I'm no Padawan. I don't know. Yes. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm lost again. So you we wanted, were talking about something. Yeah, I don't know what we were talking about. Watch like we've been talking for like 25 minutes, and there's like no time to bring Nolan. <laughs> We've been joking, but in the green room. We swear he's there. He's going to be on the show. He's He's probably watching from, you know, like. I hope so. I hope so. I really hope he is. Now when we disconnect. Anyway, I shouldn't say that because we'll lose internet connection. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, we actually, we got lucky and got some bottles of this Legiant Mm -hmm. stuff. But. We actually brought you on because our last audio episode was of Basil Hayden. Yes. And um, I know that it's one of the more popular brands with our listeners. So they're probably already familiar with it. But for anybody that's not familiar with Basil Hayden, how would you describe it? I... So it depends on who I'm talking to, right? In all honesty. So my initial go-to is to talk about it as a high-rise bourbon mash bill, right? So when we think about this mash bill specifically, I mean, it's part of our small batch collection. If you're familiar with the small batch collection that Booker laid out, you've got Booker's, which is high proof, right? Non-chill filtered. It's really on one Mm. end of the spectrum. And then you've got these mid-tiers in the spectrum at 107 with Baker's, which is now a single barrel. And then the 100 proof with Knob Creek. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have 80 proof Basil Hayden. So one, it's it's on the other end of the spectrum as, as uh, Booker's is, but also having that high rye bourbon mash bill. So that rye is going to be balanced out, but it's double the amount of rye that we have in our traditional mash bill. It's also mm-hmm. got a different yeast strain. So it's the only one in the small batch collection that has the old granddad yeast strain versus the Jim Beam yeast strain. So because of that, it has different flavor profiles. So I always affectionately call the Jim Beam yeast strain like a, excuse me, a nutty funkiness. And I mean that super affectionately. It comes, it comes around. You're welcome. Go ahead I've been accused of that. But I mean. <laughs> <laughs> nutty funkiness, right? But no, it's, it, it kind of manifests like itself. <laughs> it manifests I, itself as a peanut in, in Jim Beam, right? Like, so it's mm-hmm. very peanut forward. And then as you go mm-hmm. through the mash bills that the Jim Beam mash bill with that yeast strain, that it kind of morphs, right? So Knob Creek is a little bit more of a candied pecan. Baker's mm-hmm. is a little bit more walnutty, right? And then you That's get interesting way to put yeah, it. Yeah, so I haven't it, thought of it in that way, that, does in the, that direction. But yeah, does the marketing team know that you're referring to it as a nutty funkiness? Probably not. No. <laughs> okay, this is I, not I'm right, not sure not those are the, the reds, words. The red swirly lights are going off in the marketing office right now. Like, whoa, That's Baker's why I are flying everywhere. It. I follow it when I mean that affectionately. It's an affectionate term. 
it's like it's just it's a funkiness that comes specifically from that yeast strain, and you can taste it when you taste the jug yeast, right? Like it's mm. it's something that definitely carries through, and so. I, as I've sipped my my fair amount of of the products with the James B. Beam Distilling mm-hmm. Company in the last five years that I've been employed there, and you know before that, it's it's really just <laughs> it's been interesting how it's manifested, right? And, and as you walk through that, so it, I don't know how else to say it. Maybe, and I have COVID brain too, so like coming up with new things, I'm screwed. Like I I barely <laughs> am able to generally finish sentences. Like I've decided that with COVID brain, I've been talking to myself for so long that my brain just like gets the second half of the conversation. I don't have to have it. And now I'm like talking to real people and they're like, and then what? And I'm like, oh, you weren't with me? I don't understand. I just finished this conversation. I'm on to the next one. How are you not with me right now? So, but yeah, nutty funkiness. I mean it. I stand on it. I, I live mm-hmm. it. Here we are. Okay. There you go. <laughs> so, she has made her statement, Amy. She's I mean, her damn flag. Line in the sand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If it's not written on the bottle next for the next batch, I'm disappointed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the nutty funkiness is beam. Jim Jim Beam yeast strain. Yep. And then oh, the yeast strain. I got it. You lost me there. But I don't think it was you, and I'm actually just gonna Yeah, yeah. But, no, you go ahead and hit that gong. Because <laughs> you missed you missed the whole story. No, it's good. It's just that's like that's the kind of the flavor profile of that yeast strain, and mm-hmm. so it manifests itself in a nutty way in each one of yeah. the different expressions that it's in. It's just how it manifests in each brand. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right. Fascinating. So, is there anything new, exciting? You know, you mentioned COVID brain. We're trying to look to the future what's on the horizon what what can we anticipate what's exciting that dead men listeners might want to know about so you'll see some releases this year that'll be pretty exciting you'll have basil hayden toast which is coming out um in the next few months and then you also have uh jim beam bourbon cream that'll be happening this year as well so yes jim beam bourbon cream yes and what we can talk that? more about it later. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, all right, all right, all right. But yeah. Pete my interest, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it is what it sounds like, right? So there will be a, a couple of different things. If you, mm. they don't like when I talk about things. If you go on the TTB website, you can see everything that we're going to do because we have to apply for it first. So if you're okay. familiar with the, right, the TTB website. Oh, go to the website, got, <laughs> yeah. See, now you get to plug the website. So yeah, it oh, all worked this out. This is just the TTB. So you can see anything mm-hmm. that anyone applies for. So every yeah. distillery, everything that, you know, every new label that's coming out, I, I love it. I get, you know, screenshot text messages all the time. Like, what is this label? What's happening? And I'm like, one, either I can't <laughs> tell you or two, I don't even know. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> there's that's just so amazing. much going on. Yeah, it's super exciting. So there'll be, there'll be plenty of those things. And then, you know, of course, I'll be hopefully on the road talking to more people and, you know, back in a little bit more of the role that I'm used to versus the very COVID screen time role that I've been doing. We're all ready to get back to real real life. Oh my God. Yeah. So, so looking forward to it. I think it's time for two truths and a lie. Am I wrong? It is not time for two truths and a lie. I am wrong. Because Uh. I changed it up tonight. Yeah. We're just going to ring the bell so you can drink Mm -hmm. Christian, but really, Mm I'm using it as an excuse as well. So yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> as you should. As you should. Um, I'm changing it up because we had some listener mail that I think is going to be best answered by you instead of at the mm-hmm. end of the show tonight. So the first question that we have is: If Basil Hayden was the father of high rye bourbon, does Basil Hayden's still mostly make rye whiskey? So not rye whiskey. It is a high rye bourbon mash bill. So we're going to continue in the bourbon mash bill space. It's just the secondary ingredient of rye is double the amount of rye of our traditional mash bill. So, and I'm pretty sure we've talked about it before. Like we don't, we don't keep a lot of secrets at Bean, but we do keep like where the yeast is stored is totally a secret. Like only a handful of people know that Um, because we, especially with a bean yeast strain, we're propagating that same yeast from 1935. So because of that, if we lose that yeast strain, we lose Jim Beam as we know it. 
Um, oh, and then God. another thing is, sounds, they, right? You just gave me anxiety. <laughs> Stop it. It's, nice. it's plenty of places. Like, I, yeah. Yeah. Keep it. yeah. <laughs> I have heard that you keep it in multiple places for the sake of if there was a fire or something, you yep. want to be able to preserve it. Always have it in, in those special places. And then we also don't necessarily give out the percentages of our mash bills. There's plenty of people who guess online mm. constantly um, sure. or like bring it up in conversations. But I, I will quote Fred No on this. I can give you three numbers that add up to a hundred, but you wouldn't know if I was lying. So like that's kind of Fred's mm. take on it. And I, I just adapted that same take. It's, you know, one of the the major things that we're able to do because we have so many brands, right? If you look at the portfolio that I cover of American whiskeys, it's pretty vast. And we're able to mm -hmm. do that with limited numbers of yeast strains <clears throat> and uh, limited numbers of mash bills. And we're able to do it because of the levers that we pull. So our distillation, how we distill, our fermentation process, all of those different levers. And then, of course, the levers on the tail end where you're able to um, do like filtration and all that stuff. Cool. I totally lost my train of thought again. I don't know what's going on tonight, but oh man. Um, yeah. I'm going to do that on myself again. We were talking about the male Basil Hayden. High mm -hmm. rye bourbon. Yeah. Does he make rye I, with? We were doing listener mail. I know he doesn't. And... Make, I know what we were doing. Okay. Yeah. So there was a point in there that I was like, oh, <laughs> Oh, no, I know what I was going to say. Sorry. It's another wow, look at that Bring dance that just back. happened Here for the go. last, like, 45 seconds. Um, sorry, guys. <laughs> that was the remix Had to look for those green <laughs> of, of Amy's question that he was, she was about to ask. Oh, <laughs> My, God, please tell me you actually still remember it. I do remember. I would okay, imagine right. that anybody that's guessing on the Internet, it's the same as when you go into the bank and they're like, how many gumballs are in this thing? Of course, you can guess a number, but it's not going to be right. Like, how would you even know? How would you have mm. the slightest idea? Even like the most discerning taste is not going to know. I can't no, be like, this tastes like there's three peas in it when I eat soup, right? Like, no, that's not going to happen. All right. Okay, Amy. <laughs> I'm going to regroup here. That was, uh, <laughs> we waited so long for that. I love um, it. <laughs> Sorry. I'm a super taster. I have an internal corn meter. I can tell how much no, corn I, is in a mash I'm, bill. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I'm also just incapable of being nice to Amy. When we're doing this. We know, we know. Um, so there's a question in the chat. Um, what's the favorite, what's your favorite part of your job? And then what are the fun surprises you've had on your job pertaining to the pandemic? And wow, this is like, I don't know if this is 10 questions or one. What is new or different <laughs> about returning after the pandemic? That's not it. That, wow, I can't read. Let's Can you hit that gong with, again? Start there. Do you want to start? We'll start with those three. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Let's start with what's your favorite part of your job? So, Besides I mean, getting I, to hang out with us. Of duh, I mean, of clearly. Course, right? Honestly, it is hanging out with amazing people and being able to do that through the lens of whiskey, right? And American whiskey specifically. So having amazing conversations with people, learning about people from all backgrounds. Like I, I stand very firm on bourbon is for everyone and it's because of everyone. And so my two like major things that I love to do is talk to everybody about American whiskey because I think mm -hmm. that you should all know about it. And I also want to see what Heritage. you are built on. Yeah, what kind of foundational piece we have to all of this because we know that there's so much more history than what we've been told or, you know, even the books that we've read and so many people have delved deep into it. So really looking into those types of things. Like I didn't care about chemistry and history before I got into this. And honestly, American whiskey made me care about all of it. And I spend so much yeah. time like I literally sent a message on Friday. I was like, it's eleven thirty PM. Anyone else writing a research paper on the railroad and how it got out to the old west and how whiskey it was like yeah, right? Yeah. You do. Yeah. You do. Yeah. But like, <laughs> you didn't know. <laughs> like, we, we, we're your separated people. Separated at birth. We understand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we totally do. But yeah, so I think, you know, being able to hang out with really cool people and, and nerd out over whiskey in whatever facet mm -hmm. that means, whether that be tasting profiles of it, history, chemistry, uh, just, you know, fun stories about life and inventing, right? Like, I, I love all of that piece of it. 
So what, what fun surprises have you had on your job pertaining to the pandemic and what's new and different about returning after the pandemic that isn't similar to how it was done before the pandemic? How many times can I say a pandemic? Well, start saying panorama or (laughs) ponderosa. Like I just, I started like saying new words into there and people just so that you don't have to wreck it. (laughs) They still know as long as it starts with a P. (laughs) You know what it is. face. (laughs) (laughs) Right? No, I mean, I think that it's been really interesting to be able to see the pivots during during this safe at home period or the pandemic period or whatever you want to call it, the quarantine space, because we all had to pivot, especially so many of us that spend time on the road and doing all of these different Mm -hmm. things. So one of the coolest things is being able to have a further reach because of the internet than we would have ever had for a lot of our educations. I did an education with Southern Glaciers, Wine and Spirit. We had 17 different countries on at one time. Like... Not a vast majority of that country was paying attention, but there was one person at least from these different countries that were all tuned in, right? And yeah, that yeah. was a super cool experience. Not something that you would be able to do if you, you know, just had a whiskey tasting down the street at at Joe Schmo's, whatever, right? Um, which are also super great, and I'm really excited to get back to those. But I think that was probably the coolest thing. And then the pivot, why we we met really last year was because of my Sunday port sessions, and so. With port sessions, that was something that I thought was going to be like this much time. Um, yeah, I'm like, oh, we got a month. It's fine. I can give four Sundays up and then 26 shows and 25 guests later. Um, you, you know, we finished out the year last year. But that was such an amazing experience because I, I got to do that, that shoot the shit thing that I love to do with my friends um, about whiskey. But I got to do it from the porch and really bring people to the distillery when the distillery wasn't get toable because of of the pandemic. So that was a really cool pivot that I think wouldn't have ever happened had pandemic never happened. So if if people have not I think the series that you did was amazing and if people yeah. haven't seen them already where can they watch the porch sessions? So all of the backlog porch sessions are on the at Jim Beam Distillery handle on Instagram on the IGTV. So everything from last year will be there. Um, and then we moved it this year. So it's now on the blend us, um, which is a totally different site. It's, it's very much a, um, a space for educating industry professionals on every facet of the industry. But if you are interested in anything, when it comes to the spirits industry, that is such an amazing resource place. So it's at the blend us on Instagram. There, I think there's periods in between the blend and us. Um, okay. but, my port sessions, we've, we've kind of switched the format a little bit. It's gotten a little bit more put together because that's what happens after you, you do, you know, 26 mm-hmm. episodes. Um, y'all know you've been there. You've done that. We don't, no, we don't know. Definitely. <laughs> no, I do. I definitely do. So yeah, you make adjustments, you learn and you know, we're, we're doing some different things. And so it's over there now, but, um, the first session that we did this year was with, uh, the two authors of drinking like ladies, which was super exciting. So they were talking all about, uh, writing that book and what they've been doing since. And then the one that just went up this week is um, with Amanda Humphrey from Makers Mark talking about all their sustainability efforts that are happening at the distillery. So oh, that's yeah, exciting. that's where it is. Very cool. I'm interested right. in seeing all of that. Thanks for sharing that with us. Is yeah, the next question is, is Basil Hayden's on the Kentucky bourbon trail? So Basil Hayden's is part of the James B. Beam distilling company. So yes, in essence it is. Um, Anything that is distilled with the James B. Beam Distilling Company. So Booker's, Baker's, Basil, Knob Creek, um, you know, Legion, like we were talking about earlier. Anything with Jim Beam on the label, Little Book, um, any of the olds. So you've got Old Granddad, Old Tub, Old Overholt, right? Um, old Crow even. All of those are part of the, the James B. Beam Distilling Company. So when you visit us, you get to see all of it. Are there any particular products? This is a question from the chat. Any particular products that you feel will absolutely blow people away because they're surprising, new, higher quality, whatever. What are those products out of that line? We've talked about Old Tub a little bit, but like the brand itself and and the liquid in the 750 milliliter bottles now, not only just being at the distillery, but out in the world, one of the greatest bang for your buck bourbons on the shelf. Um, It's 100 proof, bottled in bonds, absolutely delicious, has everything that you could possibly want a generally less than $20. Right. So best bang for your buck. I think there. um, blind tasting people on Jim Beam black is literally my favorite thing to do because 
it becomes a favorite out of a panel for like 87% of people. And then you blow their mind when you tell them it's Jim Beam Black. I've done so many of them. And, you know, overwhelmingly, because I always get the the judgment beforehand before they know what it is. I'm like, which one was your favorite? And they rank them. And so many people rank Jim Beam Black at the top. And it's because they haven't gone back and revisited from whatever experience they had prior with something Jim Beam on the Mm -hmm. label. Um, you know, or whatever, they have a bias against it and, and they never give it the, the chance. And then when they do it in a setting, they realize it's, it's delicious. Um, we've, been, we've been doing a lot of pandemic blind tastings with Seattle Cocktail Club. And okay. it is fascinating to me, like just how the perception of a brand and the reality of what we taste and like is so different. Oh yeah, oh, for sure. Marketing can sell time. a story for sure. Or yeah. you, you can mentioned sell a story. You, you mentioned uh, what old overholes earlier. Mm-hmm. It's actually one of my favorite whiskeys. Uh, I love that whiskey. I know it's 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 lower uh, a lower price whiskey. You know, it doesn't command the same like gravitas as you know as a bottle. I think you know it's not its initial intention, but it should because it's fucking delicious and I love it. And actually. Yeah, but I don't know. But just on the, on that level, like the, no, the, it's, the blind it's tastings. If people need to revisit brands, I feel more people really should do that because I think we'll find there's a lot of things we have, uh, you know, bias against. I can tell you, I have biases against things I've had awful experiences with that were completely my fault. But you know, now it's like, oh, I can't see that bottle ever again. You know, right? But uh, but it is interesting when I do go back to like brands, just like, oh, I want to see. How does that fit? Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes like, oh, that's why I don't have it anymore. And sometimes it's like, damn. No, actually, I really like this a lot. But yeah, Old Overholt's in heavy rotation in my home. Do you know the official name for those um, biases that you have for bad experiences? No, tell me. They're the spirits that haunt us. That's the official term. Like what I did there. Yeah, okay. I yeah. loved it. I loved it. Especially, especially the setup because I'm pretty sure on the Basil Hayden podcast you talk about how you're not great with words, and he's like, "I'm great with words." <laughs> <So> like, <laughs> yes. And you were like, "Do you know?" Oh my words? god, you like, retained no. something. From <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Beth, yeah. we have two truths and a lie for you. Yes, I'm ready. If, uh, and yeah. they're all about. Uh, Basil Hayden, the man himself, which I don't believe you knew. You know, um, we may have had just a, a passing in the street in you know, the 1700s, but that's mm-hmm. another life. We'll see. Another, we'll life see how you do. another life ago. Yeah, you do with this. <clears throat> so, are you ready? I'm ready. You ready? All right. Well, here's uh, the first. The Hayden family can be traced all the way back to the 11th century. And the surname was spelled H-E-Y-D-O-N. Here's the second. Basil was known for using more rye in his bourbon than other distilleries in the 1780s. And the third. Six months after Basil's death, his wife, Henrietta, took over the distilling. So you gotta let us know which one is the lie of the three. It was truth, truth, and lie. Henrietta did it. What? Wow. Oh, hey, we have sound effects now. <laughs> well hey. done. Well done, yeah. I will say you can answer those by listening to your podcast, BT Dubs, but, you know. Well, well yeah, I mean, and everybody should. did their homework, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, we're going to, well, A, we're going to start by saying, Beth, thank you for being here. It's yeah, always please. a pleasure it's hanging a pleasure out with having you. you. Yeah, and it's good to sit back and listen to you. You can tell a great story. Oh, thank you. Cheers to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cheers, I hope yeah. I hope we can have you back when um, those new products come out and all of that good stuff. Um, yeah. And we're going to leave here before I drink this on my cheers. I'm going to get this out. But we're not leaving for the night. We're going to take a quick break with a trivia question. And if you're watching and you answer, the first person to answer the trivia question right in the chat is going to win a prize from us that I didn't write down, but you'll get something really cool. Probably <laughs> dead men of whiskey swag. You just take her word for it. <laughs> just, yeah, it'll be the coolest thing you've ever seen. I might even throw in tons of extra stuff just because I forgot. <laughs> so first person to answer in the chat, we are going to take a 20 second break and we will be right back with Nolan this time. 
And Beth, for thanks real. again for being this time here. For real. Yeah, thank you. Thank very you much, all for Beth. having me. It was See you next time. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Look who we have with us today. Nobody. Nolan, why don't you introduce Wait, yourself? We're on, this, we're on the wrong screen. Hello, so. I'm oh, Nolan from it. the green room. <laughs> Hi, Nolan from the hey, green room. Nolan from the green room. We've had him in there for the last two weeks, just waiting there for this <laughs> yes. episode. So, yeah. Did you empty the bucket today? That's, <laughs> yes. Yes, the bucket right, has been good. emptied. I appreciate that. <laughs> right, good, the bed right. was getting a little stale, and the water had some floaties in it. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> finally, we have you on the show now, so all of that's over now. So you can yeah. you can resume your life. So oh, Thank you for... Thank you for putting up with us through last week, by the oh, way. No problem. And you it's know, a pleasure to have issues, you back now. Of course. Technical issues are technical issues. And when they're outside of anybody's control, well, oh, well. Here's yeah. the thing. I am 100% that's fully convinced that William Forrester is haunting us. Yeah, we talked about that. That a little show, yeah. yeah, two weeks ago, that show, we were supposed to have a drug historian on that we booked way in advance. I still haven't turned off the ice machine in case you're hearing it. Uh, we booked the drug historian <laughs> way in advance. <laughs> yes, it's William Forrester. Just his bones so rattling shaking. over there. He's, he's not he's shaking an ice tray. You know. <laughs> oh, but you are. But no, I mean, yeah. I'm not afraid. I ain't afraid of no ghost. Um, mm-hmm. He. We were supposed to have the drug historian on at the last, not last minute, but like a week before he was like, something's come up and I can't be here. And so, Nolan, you were so kind to jump in and be like, I can tell the history of something Civil War related to Old Forester that I don't know if we're ever going to tell that story now. And then, um, and then the internet went out and yeah. And I've been in the green room ever since. Yeah, you do a good. <laughs> Thanks for voice. waiting. Oh, yeah, gosh. you should do the intro to next like Halloween special. You know, the Halloween. I'd special. be happy yeah. to any. Uh, yeah. You know, and if necessary, if we're talking about, uh, I can even use John Wayne if necessary, but we won't. Uh, <laughs> <do> that. <laughs> Fuck that dude. <laughs> Tired of John Wayne. But if you could well, do a good no Vincent good in Price, my book. you could. If you could do a good Vincent Price, that'd be great. <laughs> I, I I promise I won't the do Duke. my evil laugh, and then everybody. No, no, no. It's all good, man. <laughs> but uh, listen, we want to know. Yeah. We want to know because we, we were talking. We've been talking about you now for like two weeks. So tell tell our audience about you. Well, like, tell, about tell us about me. yourselves. Yeah, tell us about yourself. Um, born and raised Montana. Uh, Love, I love Montana. I moved out to the Pacific Northwest uh, Seattle area in uh, 2012 and uh, just been uh, making my life out here, uh, but still a uh, Montana boy at heart. So mm-hmm. always, always, always. Well, we'll get to what brings you here. Like, you know, like well, you're the whiskey, the history, like, oh, here, all the, well, yeah. I. I love history and I love whiskey. And so how could I mm-hmm. not love the history of whiskey, you know, especially uh, through the eyes and minds of the distillers who've uh, made it famous, right? Yeah, for real. So, and Nolan, I think yeah. we should mention, because people might know you from another name if they've been in the chat. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. history writer is the, is the yeah. uh, name that I've used in all the chats. That's uh, kind of become my... Uh, online moniker you know just history writer your you know, aol my, name yes my aol name my <laughs> it's his, ICU, AOL. It's his handle <laughs> yes my handle uh but yeah i ride Boy, motorcycles and i love history so that's a that's how it came about yeah. as history writer you say you oh. you ride motorcycles well oh yeah what are you riding right now 
because I don't ride motorcycles, but I do love motorcycles. Oh, no, I, I wouldn't perfect. trust myself but, uh, with one. I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, it's just it's a bad bet for me to be riding a motorcycle. It really it's, is. You know, it's not yeah. for everyone, but for anyone who enjoys yeah. it, it's great. It's. Uh, I'm sure I, I envy everyone that does. Believe me. I ride an old classic BMW. Oh, right on. Yeah, nice, nice old tour bike. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, man, are you? Yeah. <laughs> what, Amy? <laughs> oh, Amy, hi. Hi. <laughs> how, how, yeah. how is everyone? I'm, we're good, we're I good. I feel like I'm doing and my I own I know that podcast. we were just like, oh, we no. just, I know, we just like derailed everything by like talking about motorcycles. But um, yep. uh, you, came, you came with a relevant story to tell, and but I would it, love it's to not this. Yet. It's not the same story as two weeks ago. You've well, changed it no. in honor of today, or it is from two. Well, I don't cool, know what's going on today. The cool thing is, is we can uh, uh, talk about history. Is one of those things is where it blends together fairly well. And mm-hmm. you know, two weeks ago you were talking about uh, Forrester, Doctor mm-hmm. Forrester, and uh, Bill who happened to yes, William Forrester, who happened to be a uh, the ghost. Well, now he's a ghost, uh, <laughs> yeah. but he was the, a surgeon from the Civil War. Mm-hmm. And uh, today happens to be one of the last battles, uh, 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 days of the battle anniversary of Battle of Chancellorsville, uh, fought in 1863. It was from May 2nd to May 6th. And uh, one of the prominent... Uh, Generals on the Confederate side uh, lost his arm due to amputation from the Battle of Chancellorsville. So it kind of <gasps> did Bill cut it off? No, he did uh. not. It was uh, that would have been <laughs> quite. Sorry, Amy. That would have been quite interesting, but it was uh, General Stonewall Jackson. Oh on, yeah, uh, who was out surveying his his own troops' positions at night on uh, May 2nd, and he strayed a little bit too far out outside of the Confederate picket lines, and coming back, they had thought that he was Union cavalry, and they fired before that he, uh, they, they answered the challenge questions, and he got shot in the hand and arm, and uh, they got him back. They had to amputate the arm, but he died of pneumonia eight days later. Mm-hmm. Hold on. So was he shot by his own men? He was shot by his own troops. It was yeah. a friendly fire at night on the uh, uh, during the, one of the second bloodiest uh, war uh, battle of the Civil War. Well, the Robert E. Lee said it was the big, his biggest loss. His biggest loss in the war, right? Well, yeah, he died. Yeah. Well, oh, no, uh, Robert E. Lee was, said he was, uh, of uh, he, he was indispensable. He has lost his left arm, but I may have mm-hmm. lost my right. Yeah, that's what I was trying to remember the quote. But yeah, oh, that was like a pivotal moment in the war. But uh, okay, here's my question. Yes, where's Chancellorsville? Chancellorville? <laughs> Chancellorsville? Chancellorville? It's uh, Spotsylvania County of Virginia. Oh, Chancellorsville. Please. See, you should know. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, yeah, I never lived in Virginia. Yeah, for only for what? How many days? But or a decade? No, you actually lived there that long. Fourteen years. Fourteen years. Long enough. It's long enough. Should have known that. Okay. Yeah. All right. So okay. So Chancellorville. Chancellorville. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It was. Uh, it was a very interesting battle. Uh, if you mm-hmm. know, for any uh, Civil War, uh, Civil War buffs out there, it was. Um, oh. One of the most lopsided battles, force-wise, uh, where the Confederate forces were comp- very, very outnumbered, and mm. uh, the Union the Union troops would have won, but the commander of the Army of the Potomac, uh, General Hooker, uh, I met him. Just lost all of his. Yes, it was a bad name. <laughs> no, and, no what uh, you met was just a General Hooker. Was... Oh no. <laughs> No, I. That's who Amy met, but that's you know. If if a general okay. hooker was able to uh, just take control of the <laughs> army, that would be uh, that would be quite the feat. Uh, yeah, but uh, you don't know. Uh, okay. Where are we going with this? <laughs> I don't know where you're going with it. 
but uh, it was <laughs> it was fought, and, and uh, the Union general just basically lost all of his confidence. And mm. this uh, Battle of Chancellorsville was r- regarded as probably Robert E. Lee's greatest victory because mm-hmm. he, against insurmountable odds, was able to defeat the enemy. However, interestingly enough, who was commanding side, the Union forces at Charlottesville? Uh, Chancellorsville. Uh, Chancellorsville. It was uh, Joseph Hooker. Oh, okay, Hooker. Okay, that's right. I think we covered that. Yes, yeah. a general. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the Union army just didn't. They they ceded the advantage to the Confederates, and the Confederates took advantage of it, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stonewall Jackson's, General Jackson's, who will later lose his arm in the battle, uh, completely surprised uh, the entire right flank of the Union Army and overran their positions to the point that he captured uh, thousands of men uh, as prisoners and routed all the rest so far back that it took them uh, a day to recuperate and recover, and what the heck just happened? Um, But wait, didn't you say the entire battle was... May second to the sixth. There's, uh, yes, the, the whole the whole campaign of the Battle of Chancellorsville lasted uh, several days, and this is when you know they would attack when the when in the mornings or throughout the day, and then it just kind of put it on pause during night, and then do it again. So uh, if if they didn't capture their objective the first day, they would try it again the next, and then I, the next. I do like it's that so they're formal. like. I do need eight hours of sleep, though. Yeah, they would attack the cream zone, you know. They would. This uh, is my spa day. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, you know, that's basically. They thought that uh, General Hooker was basically taking a spa day. Uh, after the, he he just froze, and he at the towards the end of the battle, every single one of his subordinate generals says, "We can fight. We can win this." But he had just. I've had enough of this one. I don't know how I'm going to recover from it, and. Everybody, let's just retreat. And they retreat, and both the Confederate Army and the Union Army retreated back to their original positions from the Battle of Fredericksburg, which happened back in December. And so nothing was gained. Wow. Oh, wow. Well, that's wow. pointless. <laughs> yeah. But no. uh, isn't isn't war a little bit pointless? I mean, war is a little bit pointless. I think that that war had a good point, but uh, you know. But anyway, just, but the, just the act of killing people was worth fighting. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm you know, well, yeah, for sure. You know, it's for it sure. goes back to even Saint Augustine. Uh, what is a just war? You know, and I don't know. That's like and, and what is a just war when when it results in having to kill people? But uh, you know, to mm-hmm. bring it back to uh, Stonewall Jackson, let's mm-hmm. see if the camera will show this. This is uh, is that his eyeball? No, this I've got kidney a stone. Of it's his kidney stone. <laughs> yeah. It's... Oh, there's there two of them. I don't. Kidney Those stone. are his nuts. Yes, this one. <laughs> Those are obviously mini balls, right? These are the precursor to the mini ball. These are the uh, the, the <clears throat> okay. standard round musket ball. They're the Kentucky long rifle type, and they've been used uh, uh, up through Gettysburg. So, but they'd already been phased out. Uh, mm-hmm. And my good old, uh, my homeboy, Thomas, uh, Thomas Marr, Thomas Francis Marr of the Fighting Irish Brigade, also happens mm-hmm. to be the first territorial governor of Montana, retained the use of the smoothbore uh, ball and buck, uh, buck and ball shot so that they could use it because uh, it repels uh, char- the charges a lot better than the mini ball. Especially yeah, this, is, this is specific. <laughs> you know a lot about this shit, dude. I don't even I know. I, what... I do. You know, that's the inherent danger of having a history degree is you <laughs> learn. <laughs> in, in yeah, no, I, I love it. It's fascinating. It's great. I'm but, not 100% uh... sure what you guys are talking about, but I have <coughs> the buck and ball name mm-hmm. is in relation to <laughs> the shape of the ammunition and not yeah, the, shooting. Like, buckshot. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But, okay. Uh, I have so, some questions. Oh, yes. go ahead. All right, Amy. Yeah, go for it, Amy. There's some questions in the the okay. chat, um, specifically for you, Nolan. Um, in your wow, wit 
In your experience with the dead men of whiskey, what historic stories have been the most surprising or factually Ooh. wrong? Or factually wrong. Most of them are probably factually wrong. <laughs> yeah, Wit wants to know if you learned anything. <laughs> Which from our ones podcast. weren't factually wrong? Well, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. A lot of the, uh, I, you know, knowing whiskey is one thing as opposed to knowing the history behind it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, anybody can teach a course on how to appreciate whiskey. And this is what I like about this podcast is, you know, who was the guy behind the label? You know, that's so, yes, yeah. every I've learned something new every episode. Really? Oh, thanks, man. Oh, high five. That's, that's yeah. fucking awesome. Amy, we, this is the moment where Amy and I like turn into like, like, like vapor and just like, you know, ascend. <laughs> It's yeah, like, oh, it's the George Costanza ever. moment we've where we have to shut yeah. the podcast down. We have, now. we have to quantum leap now. So, like, we have to, like, <laughs> okay. I'm just going to go ahead and quantum leap out of this. Unit. We're getting close so, to sure. the kind of end of the podcast mm-hmm. tonight. And I actually brought a challenge to the podcast. Okay. And I'm wondering if you guys oh, are. Oh, yeah. Oh, Are yeah. you up for it? Yeah, I'm, I'm up, up for it. For it. Yeah. Remember, I guess it was about a month ago, we talked about Benjamin Franklin wrote a book. And in that book, he used over 200 words to describe the act of being intoxicated. Yes. Yeah. Oh, this is what we're doing. I happen, to have, just... I happen to have the full list. Oh, right. And I'm going to challenge you to... That if you can collectively, with people in the chat, name 40 of those 200 plus phrases used to describe drunkenness in the 1737 Benjamin Franklin's Drinker's Dictionary, I will give each of you, Christian and Nolan, not anybody in the chat, sorry. But if I see you and you're in the chat, I'll buy you a shot of whiskey. But Christian and Nolan, I will buy you a bottle of whiskey. Ooh. Yeah. I she already going to reach behind me and grab one of the bottles that I already have <laughs> and send it to you. But she will do it. And I, I want it. So I we're going to, this is real, right? How I many did I more. say? I'm right here with you. You said 40. Uh, 45? 40. 40. 40. Here we go. Check this out. The rules now. I've got this. Mm-hmm. Got this. Okay. Hit me. And you can help them by adding your thoughts in the chat. Well, I can't see the chat, so. But I can. <laughs> okay. Oh, All right. Wit just came out with like No, stop of them. it. Well, no, damn let's... it. All right. Drunk. <laughs> Are we going? Drunk. Oh. Okay, well, we're going right now. Hammered. Wait. Drunk is not in here. How is that possible? 17. Hammered. I said, move on. Well, yeah, this is like I don't speak eighteen twenty-two addled. I'm gonna give you. Says. I'm gonna give you hammerish. Okay, hammerish. Okay, all right. Snockered or I'm just, I'm just gonna make weird British noises. Afflicted. Snickered. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Afflicted. Correct. Afflicted. Do we need to set a two-minute timer? <laughs> He's dipped his bill. Wait, are you, uh, did you, you see? Google it? Yeah, well, you put no. me up against a history dude that knows like all the old slang. He's got all the old slang uh, down. I don't know the old dipped slang. Dipped his bill. Um, uh, smashed and wasted are not there. Smashed. I'm going to give you one just because I want to share this and I didn't see it before. Yeah. All right. But. <laughs> like, <laughs> tell me 200 ways to say drunk in like ancient Egyptian, please. No, <laughs> I don't know, man. This one is my favorite one. He's a dead man. Mm-hmm. Get it? Get it? It's like... our favorites. Are always dead people. Two sheets to the wind, not in there. Mm-hmm. Three um, sheets to the wind is the phrase, but okay. Uh, her snickered, bombed. Nope. Uh, <laughs> I. Any other guesses? <laughs> I'm trying to. Get, I'm trying to think of. I'm trying to think like Benjamin Franklin and. Like, um, you know, uh, Wait, drunk is in here. 
Drunk is in there. All right, so yeah. I at least have one point. Um, I mean, all the words I would use for He's- it now, this would be so much more fun if we could just do, like, words that are actually in the current lexicon of usage. All right, Swamped. But I want to know what some of those were, because I want to use them. So why don't you tell us some of them, too? That are, are, some of the weird Are you ones officially you giving up? Swamped was one of them. I mean, I, I'm officially giving Well, I, I'm officially giving up uh, if the words I'm trying to find are words that have to be in something that was printed in, like, 1820-something. All right. Because I don't what? know those words. I don't know them. I, I will have to, con- I I will have to uh, concede. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's not even fair. That's not even fair. But I'm going right. to let it go because I let like me, the noise, and I'm glad we have it. <laughs> let me give you a few. I'm not going to read all 200. Yeah, no, of course read not. all 200. Maybe we'll post these in Discord. But um, he's pissed in the brook, drunk as a wheelbarrow, um, bewitched. He's capable Capable? You're very capable, <laughs> really? Christian. Oh, no, no, I mean, that's a good drunk term for Working me. So, no, it's, Christian's drunk. He's capable. He can handle it. <laughs> His head is full of bees. Full of bees. Um, he's got corns in his head, a cup too much. Just to guess any of these. <laughs> he cut his capers. He's in his cups. In his cups. I have heard that one before. I have heard that one. He, <laughs> weird old dude with the white gloves smacked me and was like, accused me of being in my cups. He's killed his that dog. Hmm? That's okay. a sad one. What? Yeah. He's seen the devil. Okay. He's wet in both eyes. He's cockeyed. <laughs> um, Those he's two got, go together, I guess. He's got a brass eye. He's right. Prince Eugene. Hmm. What does that mean? It's Apparently, got. Yeah, you know that means something. You know there that was, there's a Prince Eugene out there that was. That like was a big, just a major wasty case. Yeah. Good thing I didn't know him. I would have dated him. He's yeah. sore footed. <laughs> He's glad. Glad. That's mm-hmm. euphemistic as hell. Yeah. Also, I, to yeah. bone up on my uh, drunken uh, drunken slang. How about- yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think if we were doing for, like, just terms we know today. But these are good, though. I kind of like them. How Bring about he's generous? That doesn't make any sense. I mean, I um, guess people get generous when they're drunk, but is that like a like a, like a a side-eye sort of thing? Like, oh, he's, yeah. he's really generous, generous with his pores. Yeah, yeah. All right. He, he's been at Geneva. Hmm. Another like celebrity of the time that hasn't translated well, you know, to like twenty twenty one. Um, yeah, uh, he's in liquor. Right. That's when you. That's when you fall in the actual barrel. Um, <laughs> he's seen two moons. Not sure what that means. Double, seen double, double, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Eat a pudding bag. The hell? I mean, I actually kind of want to tell someone that now. Yeah. I'm not idea of it. Eat I'm a gonna... pudding bag, you bastard. Yeah. <laughs> like, what did you tell me to do? Like, no, you, you're taking it the wrong way. You're taking I would it love a like pudding a... bag. Yeah. You need to be like, someone give me you're a pudding little, bag. Like, right you're now, a little intoxicated. Please have some Me? Pudding. Yeah. No. yeah. Oh. Um, burnt his shoulder, bag. stewed, stubbed. Uh, tongue heavy, top heavy, then too free with Sir John Strawberry. He's right before the wind with all of his studying sails out. And that was convoluted. That person who made that up was probably really, uh, yeah, three sheets. Yeah, yeah, I guess it's probably under the precursor to that. It's like the Allosaurus to the Tyrannosaurus or whatever. Well, (laughs) anyway, now that we've turned into a dinosaur. Uh, podcast. I think I needed that analogy. <laughs> yeah, I think I it's think, time. I think it's time. Um, I think it's time that we call it. And yeah, no more. No other questions for us in the chat. Um, no. oh, I didn't even look at the chat. Hold on. 
Um, are we going to have a future Dead Men of Whiskey on Sir John Strawberry? Well, no. The answer is no. I'm very anti-strawberry. Oh, that's right. You're allergic yeah. to strawberries. You're aren't allergic. You? Yeah. <laughs> so we will not talk about some Sir John Strawberry at this podcast. I don't even know what that is, but I want to. Maybe we have some homework to do. And <laughs> we right. didn't have a trivia winner. Oh, no one won it. Nobody what's even the, bothered to Google what's it. What's the trivia question? Oh, word. okay. Well, then, um, how about if uh, how about Jessica. if uh, we let uh, Nolan win it? We can't just let him win it. He's Why don't we just ask it. him the question and yeah. see if he can get it right? Oh, wait. <laughs> Jessica's like, it's on your paper. Yeah. <laughs> it's on <laughs> both. That will be our little thing. Oh, okay. I'm it. sorry. I'm sorry, Christian. It's on your paper, too. The trivia question for tonight. Are we ready? In the late 18th century, this drink was considered a medicinal eye-opener designed to help early morning risers face the day. I know this one. I've been talking about it for a week. It transformed into an iconic summer cocktail with the advent of the American ice industry. And that cocktail is... The mint julep. It is. It's all right. Julep. Yes, it is. Amy gets to keep her prize. What was the prize? Yeah. I think it was a trip. I don't even know what the prize was. Yeah. <laughs> so you get to keep it. You win, Amy. You win all of that nothing. Okay. <laughs> it's all for you. <laughs> I I always get all of the nothing. Um. Oh, uh, we love you guys. Uh, thank you so Nolan, much. For thank you for joining us, us tonight yeah. and two weeks ago. And sure. always um, happy to. If you're watching, we will continue to have a mystery prize in two weeks when we will be back next week. We are coming out with an audio episode on Evan Williams, the man, the myth, the legend, the guy that I could have been confused as dating in college. And Mm -hmm. um, so please tune in. It's available wherever you you get your podcast. We'll be back in two weeks. We'll have more prizes. Maybe we'll have our shit together. Probably not. I'm 100% sure that Christian will finish that bottle. And it's already done. <laughs> I said this I'm 100% the, sure. This is the end of it right now. But yeah. So thanks Cheers, for joining everyone. us. Thank you so you much. Next week. Talk to you soon, Nolan. Thanks for having Take me care. on the show, guys. <laughs>